We have an amazing show today. I've known this woman probably for about 10 to 12, 13 years. She's been doing amazing things in Baltimore. And when I finally got a hold of her, she was like, let's do the episode. And then we then we got push it back. We push it back. <laughs> Good things come to those who wait. And I'm so excited for the next voice you hear is one of the Baltimore legends. I call her the P. Diddy of Baltimore City. <laughs> and when we get back, you'll be hearing from Miss Heidi after these messages. No Picks After Dark podcast is sponsored by Open Works Baltimore. Enrollment for Maker Camp at Open Works is now open, offering half-day experiences for kids ages 8 to 12 in digital design, drones, and sewing. Maker Camp is a great way for kids to explore their creative side this summer. Sessions run July 11th to August 12th. Scholarships available. Learn more at www.openworksbmore.org backslash youth dash programs backslash. Welcome to the No Picks After Dark podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. We have an amazing show for you folks. I am so, so excited to have this person on. She is I mean, she's like P. Diddy of Baltimore City. When I <laughs> came back to Baltimore, everybody was like, you got she's she's the party person. She's the person to know. You need to go to a restaurant. You need to go somewhere. You need to talk to her. And I mean, she has been doing things long and longevity. And it's an industry that we're all in. She still keeps reinventing herself and doing amazing, amazing things. Without Aww, further ado, Miss Heidi Colson, how are you doing? What's up? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, just uh, got off the tail end of COVID and <laughs> not not the pandemic, but the actual illness um, really? personally. And um, yeah, I'm just grateful uh, to be here. I'm so happy. I'm grateful to be with you. I mean, you're such a great personality and you bring all kinds of cool people on and talk about um, interesting topics. And it's great for the city, as you know, and you've come out of your shell, not that you were ever totally in one. But, you know, at, as time goes on, you can tell how comfortable you are in your skin and, and you put other people at ease. So it's a pleasure to be with you. Hey, I appreciate you. I mean, I feel like I want your autograph after this episode. You know, you. you oh, you're so funny. <laughs> but I mean, and really, you've done so many amazing things. But let's get let's get right into it. I mean, tell people a little bit about you. Let's talk a little bit about you. You know, are you from Baltimore originally? Um, You know. <laughs> you know, what, what's the name of your business? Like, this, we'll, then we'll get a little bit more deeper into it. So this is your show. I always tell people, this is your show. If it's my show, I'm going to interview you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be far it. more interesting. Um, can we do that sometime? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll do a reversal. That would be love, super cool. I would love that. Um, hmm. So yes, I'm from Baltimore um, area. I've been, I've lived in, in a bunch of areas of, uh, uh, throughout the Baltimore area. Um, I grew up in, I guess, Baltimore County. Um, hey, Hunt Valley and then um, Phoenix. And now I'm in Pikesville. I'm always kind of like riding the city line. Um, I like to have a little peace and quiet because uh, my brain is, is very active and it's nice to have a balance and then be able to hop right onto the you know, onto 695-83 and, and be able to get uh, downtown really quick. Nice, nice. So but yeah, I'm from, I'm from here and I'm so proud I love to be it. from here. There's so <laughs> much history. 
and um, culture and um, you know uh, it's 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 a complex uh, melting pot of positives, negatives, uh, neutrals. Um, Baltimore is is not. Um, it's it's. I mean, to me, it's. Yeah, it, it's it's a very deep it's a very deep thing to be from here because you're always having to rationalize or justify things from people who ask you when you're out of town or that are visiting. Is this like this? Is that like this show? Is this like, and and I mean, there's so many dimensions and e even neighborhoods. You know, it's like a whole new world in different neighborhoods. So you hit it on the head. You definitely hit it. so growing up in Baltimore. You know, what was your favorite childhood memory growing up? Ignore the sniffling. Um, let's see. My favorite memory growing up, um, I think it would have to be going to my dad's concerts. He promoted shows. And uh, as a kid, I would go and, um, and get to be backstage and stuff. And, and that was fun and take friends. And it was just the most exciting thing in the world to me. I mean, it was just like the Super Bowl, you know, for sports fanatics. Like every time that I would go to one of these shows and get to experience um, uh, these different artists. And it wasn't because like, ooh, celebrity. It was more just like just being at the heart and the hub of a production, not because I had anything to do with it, but I just kind of got injected into it, you know, um, via him. So that... That would be um, one of the favorites, uh, favorite memories of childhood, along with the simple things like, um, you know, sleepovers and reading R.L. Stein, you know, and um, just fun dancing to the jukebox. Like I used to dance with friends like to we had a jukebox room. Nice. And we used to dance to like, you know, songs from the 40s and um, the 50s and the 60s. And I would just mentally escape and kind of put myself in those decades and and we would have the best time. So I, I miss that because back then, um, back then, you know, I just had no idea what was to come. Like I didn't I didn't anticipate the challenges and um the struggles and, and different things that would unravel. Um, and luckily I didn't, cause I wouldn't have been having such a good time if I knew what was coming. Not that it's so bad, but it's just so different than what you expect as a kid to, to be an adult. Do you think seeing what your dad was doing when you were growing up, basically kind of helped propel you to where, you, what you started and what you were doing when in, in Baltimore? Do you think that was like a huge influence for you? Yeah, he was definitely, I mean, and still is in a way, you know, um, a huge influence um, when it comes to um, galvanizing around talent. Um, I, yeah, I loved being a part of it. I didn't necessarily aspire to a concert level um, kind of experience. Um, I mean, who knows, but um, I liked more intimate settings and less risk, less pressure, and there's still a lot of that even in um, smaller settings. But um, I I enjoy leisure and, and time with friends and writing and reading and and um, just having a whole private life, even though it seems so public. Um, and he didn't have that. He was 24 seven working. And I do, I, do, I am a workaholic to an, to an extent, but not on that high of a level, which is fine with me. <laughs> But yeah, he was he was definitely an influence, but I do things um I think a lot differently 
So when did you realize, like, I mean, what was your first job out of college? Like, well, what was your first job? What was your first gig? Um, this. Okay. Oh, so though, so you've been an entrepreneur day one. Yep. Wow. I mean, I worked at Spencer's I, in tenth grade. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everybody was working. Spencer's is such a trip. I just remember like the motion lotion aisle and like the whole <laughs> black light thing and like it was it was an experience, man. Yeah, yeah, that that's the mall. That was the mall. The mall. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, I missed the mall. I missed the yeah. yeah, that was the gym. You know, you had your pager. Hit you hit me in the hip, and you have oh, a yeah. like that. Yeah, but you I, can meet you can meet guys there. You can make friends there. You give out right. a number. Like it was a whole different situation back in the day. <laughs> that was the gym. I mean, I used to hang out at the food court. That was my thing. The food court. Oh, yeah, Panda there. Express was my thing. Right. It was everybody yeah. to get food. It was always that Friday night jump off. So you go there, hang out, and then, you know, you go from there. And so that's what I miss about the, like, back in the day, you know, that was always something to me. But so you've been an entrepreneur. I love talking to entrepreneurs because, you know, it's either somebody has taught you, you were born into it. You've seen aunts, uncles, you've seen a lot of people do that. When you were like, I'm starting my own gig. Did you like say I you always knew it from seeing your dad or seeing your mom or was there somebody in the family or like you can do what you want to do like just, or was it you just saying hey I'm gonna do my own thing I don't want to work for nobody else? Um, I just put like one foot in front of the other. Like I was worried all throughout co college at Goucher, like what am I gonna do? Because I was a poet and I wasn't gonna major in poetry and. I was a psych major and I loved that, but then that would take you to the GREs and that would take you to this whole another level of education and, um, and, and science. And <laughs> I, I don't know. I think what happened, it happened like kind of by accident. Um, I was just promoting a nightlife at, at club one um, wow. back in the day, like the, the four levels, fire, earth, air, and water. So it was, it was such a cool oh. spot. It was oh. swanky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was swanky. Um, and that's my style. Like, I love like, upscale environment down to earth people, you know, so it was it was perfect. Um, I was just promoting it to, to a bunch of friends and friends of friends and, and students, etc. And, and that just that just took off. But yeah, I didn't I wasn't really taught how to be I mean, when I watched my dad, I just watched him you know, in the moment after everything was done, like at the show, I wasn't really sitting in the office and like taking notes. Like I absorbed some of his personality and maneuvering, I'm sure. Um, and hopefully uh, learned from some of his mistakes. <laughs> um, probably not all of them, but a good, a good uh, amount of them. And uh, yeah, I did see him always working for himself and my mom for the majority uh, of her life working for herself. So that was the norm in my eyes so I didn't really understand the nine to five kind of lifestyle I respect it and I admire it beyond belief now more than ever wow. because I understand um uh the discipline and uh, the sacrifice and the focus that that takes um so yeah wow that you you that's see I, I just learned that today folks I'm she's she's dropping jewels and gems already like yeah I'm like blown away like, I didn't know you were already promoting, you were doing that. And, like, when you started promoting, like, uh, the club one, when did you realize, like, I can do this? Like, when did you realize, like, I got In, in middle school. Really? Yeah, because I threw this, like, famous um, uh -oh. bat mitzvah. 
Okay. Um, when I was 13, and I like we picked out um, Miss Miss Tony, rest in peace. Reggie Reg, rest uh, rest in peace. Scotty B and mm. um. DJ uh, Booby. Oh, DJ yes. Okay, yes. Okay. Still my friend. Yeah. All so right. these like amazing like uh, Baltimore club music legends were just just geeking out, you know, at um, the place where I lived in Phoenix at the time, and it was so much fun, and it was like such a diverse like group of people, which was super important to me, um, because cliques were separated by like race and class and all kinds of stuff, you know, at school and around town. So mm -hmm. it was really refreshing and fun for me to be able to to bring all these folks um, from different boxes and throw them into, you know, this new box <laughs> that, that they were all in. And it was it was super fun. So that was like the beginning of kind of um, a promotion or a gathering. Um, and, and of course, I knew I was good at it because I was always good at making friends and um, uh, hosting uh, small things, big things. And, and then it got even more apparent um, in 1998 when I hosted a, uh, a VH1 Save the Music event oh, wow. um, at our home again. And that was, um, well, the VH1 Save the Music Foundation had um, a branch here, a chapter, but they had no donations yet. Mm. So I was like, word, I was like, I can um, throw a concert. So I threw, you know, like a mini concert. There was 200 guests they're all friends again like friends of friends private school public school all different backgrounds religions and everything else um because that was as important to me as what was on stage so then i have four groups um naeem from gilman which was spank rock and now back to naeem juan and um easy was there um he was at Baltimore school for the arts back then and he was there as um I'm trying to remember their name it was is easy jackson of course and then um, some other folks from BSA. I'm blanking on the name, but they were just they were just ridiculous, of course. And then um, there was this rock group, and then uh, was it? Oh, another another rap group, like a rap group from the county, um, like uh, this this like super dope white MC <laughs> that that is still one of the most amazing freestylers I've ever known. Mm. Um, and a dear friend of mine, Ryan McDowell, it goes as a Regulus and gods or whatever. <laughs> so that was, you know, like 20 years ago. And I, I kind of instinctually knew these people were going to go, you know, these people were talented and Naeem, you know, catapulted into his awesome trailblazing, like move around the globe. Um, not easy to peg style of music. And, you know, Easy is like the mayor of Baltimore hip hop. And um, the the rock group, I'm not exactly sure what happened. <laughs> God bless them. God bless them. And um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just had to kind of throw them in there to, to, you know, spice up the genres. But, and then Ryan is doing really well too, you know, with his, with his um, rapping is more underground um, and such. So everyone is like in the scene and I was really happy that that platform propelled them so it was like five bucks ahead um mm. and i guess that was only a thousand but it was a thousand more than what they had um for vh1 and my dad had said to me before he was like do you want me to just give money to the charity like and just not have this thing and in hindsight maybe that would have been better for the charity you know because <laughs> we would have gotten a lot more however i felt the experience was just as important too um, of all these different people coming together, of 
these like different and interesting talents coming together on stage, um, raising the money like communally uh, together um, from the source of the kids versus, you know, just some dad or whatever throwing a check. Right. Right. I, I love that story. I, 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 again, you're just dropping jewels, gems. It's just it's nothing but amazing stories you're telling right now. You're so sweet. No, you know who drops gems. I love to watch Dame Dash talk. Oh, oh my God. Oh, we can that, we can talk all day on that. We can talk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I don't know if you saw the new episode with him and uh, Sterling with uh, Shannon Sharp on it. That yes, was, I did. That was I did. Real, I will not miss one with him. Oh. That was some real talk on that. That was some real talk. So, like going through this whole process of your of you know the that. And we're gonna get into that you're an acclaimed author. Also, we're gonna talk about your author skills. We're gonna talk about that too. We're gonna get to it because you, we got. I mean, we could do a two-hour show here, but we can. Matter of fact, we need to do a live show and have a talk about this. Well, that's a whole different day. Yeah, Just, we'll have to. We'll have to revisit, and well, then we, half of that will be me interviewing you. That'd be dope. That'd be dope. That'd be really dope. And so I remember my fondest memory was I remember shout out to Yasha. Yasha, Yasha Hayes. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, yes. <laughs> She's like, yo, my girl Heidi, yo, she 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 know everybody. And I remember the first time I met you, you were so kind, so Aww. gentle, and just very sweet. You're like, what do you need? All right, cool. Nice meeting you. And like you really made me feel comfortable because you used to have things all around the city. And you always, even if you didn't remember my name or whoever, you're like, how you doing? Good to see you again. And with just that personal feel that you your 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 party, soirees, wherever you were, I enjoyed them. And oh, I'm so glad. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I, I wanted to give you the flowers because a lot of these young people don't know who was really the originals around here. There's some people. Oh, like, God bless you. I know. <laughs> Everyone's like, so these are the original influencers. And I'm like, I right. Think, I think right. the original influencers in Baltimore were the club promoters. Right. Yeah. Right. Because like before everything was digital, it was, you know, all person to person, like flyer right. to flyer, like, you know, friendship to friendship. And you really had to like build relationships you know, and um, yeah, I mean, now it's a different ballgame. And I love content creators. I love influencers. It just like definitely I do believe like Jason Bass, you know, myself and Marcy Crump and um, Sanjay and David Kowser and, you know, Lana Ray. I mean, all these folks that have been, you know, throwing stuff um, forever. Zeke as well. You know, so many mm -hmm. um, great folks like we had to know everyone. You know, in the city that was moving, that was shaking. And um, if the ones that we didn't know already, we would meet, you know, at, at our events, at other people's events. So by the time digital media, you know, advanced and IG and all that stuff, we already had this built-in crowd and following. It may be 10,000 versus 150,000, but we know though, we know all those people. Like we literally know thousands and thousands of people. Um, and they know us and we know things about them and they know things about us and there's a common denominator. And so I think that's like a deeper um, bond than a lot of the, oh, I like your shoes, you know, I'll follow you. Like, <laughs> no, you're right. You were, y'all were pre-digital. So you had to grind. It was a street team. You're out there. You're out there. Yeah, like, Friendster, there. MySpace. You're doing everything, trying to get um, out yeah. there. Yeah. I think, I think that's a lot harder because you had to grind and that worked when, when it paid off, it paid off. I remember every party you you had was always packed. This is 2000. When I was going, I was going like 2005, 2006, 2007, yeah. 2008. And then, yeah, because we yeah. were we were a lot younger then and all right. we wanted to do was be out. Right. And, right. And be social. I do it a different way now. Um, it's a little more like, 
you know, spaced out um, because right. people are more into special occasions than like raging every night or raging every weekend, which is fine with me. Um, but yeah, back then uh, a lot was packed. There were some, I don't, I mean, maybe you're being real nice, but there were some that were empty as a mother. <laughs> no, you and I was in the corner drinking a bottle by myself, <laughs> like crying myself to sleep. But oh, you win but, some, you lose some, you know? And I always, yeah. I always think about, again, everything I remember you guys doing, everybody in the city were doing, they were doing amazing things. And I remember just, how did it feel to be one of the only few women in that lane? back in the 2000s like because i was, i mean i don't remember i mean i know what's my uh marcy yeah. is her name marcy from um marcy from flywire she yes, marcy her from flywire lana ray, Ron know, ray. Or like model talent and sanjay right. to care you know sanjay, yeah. productions so um, how like, like there's only a few like few females doing it like how did you feel there were other women there were like a lot of women they just didn't get as much shine from media right. Right. Because, I mean, they were they were black women. They were women of color, and they were not as. Um, I think that I just had you know an advantage also, like you know, for being being a white chick. Um, I got I probably got press easier. Um, probably got a lot of stuff you know easier. It's still harder for me um, than it would be, I guess, if I were a dude. But I mean, there's levels, you know, to privilege. It is. But but yes, I um. Uh, it, but, but being one of the only chicks that were throwing like big things back then, um, it was, it was a, a colorful pot. It was, it was really difficult. Um, it was really fun. Uh, it was heartbreaking at times when deals would go sour or, um, a place would close or a place would, you know, just try to yank your following and kick you out. Mm -hmm. um, which happens a lot. Um, they don't really succeed too well because everyone's saying, so are we going here? And we're like, you can go there, but I don't go there anymore. <laughs> you know, right, um, right. but I mean, I mean, not to be like, you know, super hectic about it. Now I don't really take a lot of it seriously. I'm just like, whatever, you know, stuff happens and I just kind of shrug it off. Um, mm -hmm. But back then uh, as you're growing up and, and you're all ego, um, you take everything personally and it's, and it's a, uh, it, it's tough, but there was a lot of highlights and a lot of fun and flirting and celebration, <laughs> birthdays and, um, you know, launches. So, so I, I do miss some of it, but the actual every Friday at Maple or every Saturday here or whatever, I don't miss that because mm -hmm. I like, um, I love solitude. I love it. I love it. I, it's funny when I've been doing a lot of live shows and people are like, how are you getting those crowds? How are you getting people here? And I said, you know what? I found the secret now. I said, my crowds are from six to nine o'clock, six to 10, because we're all getting older. Yeah. And they all might have kids. And they're like, listen, we can get it in from six to 10. We can get it in, yeah. After that, I'm in the bed by 10.30. You may, you know, but and that's, and I've been getting, and I'm having family friendly events. And because everybody has kids, they want to bring their kids. They can't find a sitter. Yeah, that's how it evolves. You know, some right. folks didn't didn't really evolve, um, um, which you know is just natural. But I just naturally evolved, like from nightlife into promoting restaurants and concepts at restaurants and festivals and charitable functions, fashion shows, live music, um, a, a whole array of different uh, concepts. And as you get older, yes, like priorities change, and and um, it's it wasn't tricky to navigate because I'm getting older with them. Mm -hmm. And luckily I look a lot younger than I am. 
<laughs> Listen, I thought you, you said like the thing you're in your 20s right now. Come on now. I know, I know, right? <laughs> um, so I'm not super out of touch with a 25-year-old or right. a 22-year-old because right. like game I've been there. The game hasn't changed at all. It's the same game. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there's something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, online ordering, carry out, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Hartford Road. Open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. No Picks After Dark is sponsored by Snug Books, an independent bookstore serving Northeast Baltimore and beyond. In addition to featuring new books for all ages, the store also carries cards, stationery, gifts, games, and more. Visit snugbooks.com to shop online, learn more about the store, read our latest newsletter, and find a calendar of events or come browse the store in person. Snug Books is located at 4717 Harford Road next to Zeke's Coffee in Hamilton, Laurelville. There is free parking behind the store and open hours are Tuesday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly partnered with Maggie's Farm. Located at 4341 Hartford Road, Maggie's Farm offers a unique dining experience with delicious handcrafted cocktails and mouth-watering cuisine from falafels to scallops and everyone's favorites, honey sriracha cauliflower wings. Open for dinner from 4 p.m. until 10 p.m., Tuesday through Saturday, and for brunch, Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. with delectable chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, biscuits and gravy, and more. Check out Maggie's Farm on Instagram and Facebook for daily and weekly food specials. What, like, as far as, like, what was your number thing that you were, like, proud of? And then what thing would you tell somebody, I would never do this again. Like, I would change it. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) Sorry about all the laughing. I'm just thinking about all the stuff I'm about to not say. Yeah, um, you can't, we can get, you don't want to say it all. We don't oh, no, no. Absolutely not. Too smart now. Right. I, was, I wasn't uh, uh, too smart, uh, you know, about that maybe in my 30s or my 20s, but it's just not necessary. But when it comes, but I can still answer the question, honestly. Um, what stuff uh, do I feel like what made the most impact and I yeah. thought was the most special? I would say um, donating space and time. Um, and advertising to nonprofits that I believe in and care about, like Casey Cares is amazing, um, Baltimore Humane Society, um, Living Classrooms, Sister Fibrosis, yada, yada, yada. There's a, there's a million amazing um, nonprofits in Baltimore and around. Um, but Rock and Soul Live Music Showcase, like with uh, the up and coming singer songwriters, um, is really near and dear to my heart because I've always written and sang and played, uh, played guitar later on in life. and 
I write well and I sing okay and I play guitar really badly. I always tell everyone. So it's like when you put it all together, it's like average. But I really admire and look up to people that um, excel in that. And not just excel like, oh, you're great at something, but like they really connect with an audience and that their lyrics and their soul and their sound comes through and soothes people or makes them think. You know, Easy's a great example of that. Um, there's There's so many other... A talented artist here. Uh, I'm lucky enough to book the DJs at Black Swan um, to assist Sean in, in booking live music at Nick's Fish House. So, and Sagamore Spirit and, and, and a bunch of other places um, that I get to do that. Downtown Partnership as well. Um, I assist there. So, uh, the talent, um, that's the most important part. The Rock and Soul Live Music Showcase is because you're bringing out, and all of them were free. So, but the artists eventually, you know, got paid because in the beginning we we're all sitting there like, oh. you know what I mean? Like none of us were getting anything. <laughs> um, but it went from like the basement of Melly in Fells, used to be Melly, to um, to like Horseshoe Casino and Pier Five Hotel Harbor Room, and we like toured the city with Rock and Soul Live Music, um, showcase, but. And I'm not done with it. It's just, you know, there's there's been a hiatus, uh, you know, obviously. But what was so great was, again, just like that VH1 Save the Music event, like, a, it's a variety show. They're artists from different backgrounds and genres, and they're all, like, singing their best of, best of covers, best of originals, um, whatever they choose. And I'm inviting out an audience. They're inviting out an audience, but I have, like, some built-in folks that come out. And some of these people are seeing these people for the first time and they're loving them and they're becoming fans and maybe they're buying merch and maybe they're buying or streaming, you know, music uh, or going to future shows of them. Then we've had people get hired at, mm. like, uh, uh, at museums and different places from attending that. So people get work. So it helps with income. And then you have artists that don't know each other that meet through these things. And they would collaborate and they become friends. And that, like, I took pride in that um, because that's what made me feel like I had a purpose and still makes me feel like, like I matter when I can contribute something positive to someone else's life and, uh, you know, just help, help them. I mean, I'm kind of like a channel to propel other people upwards. I love it. I love it. I love it. So yeah, rock and soul is definitely the, the best. Good. We got we got to bring it back, man. Can we bring it back? Because because uh, I mean, I'm I, I'm gonna do a shameless plug. I kind of want to do. I want to come and make a cameo on one of those shows. I mean, I, mean, I don't sing. I don't. I don't dance. You can host it. I would love. I mean, again, I had easy. I had easy host it at um Horseshoe that's, that's, once. That's, yeah, that's, and and he was he was a trip. Have was, you had him on here? I have not yet. Okay, not, we're gonna get him on. Yeah, we're we're working our way slowly but surely through Baltimore. Slowly but surely. So, let's talk about the book. We gotta talk about the book. We gotta talk about you being. Oh, the book. I'm like, I'm like Charlemagne at the Breakfast Club. My book is like oh, right here. Yeah. Get it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. Oh, Please. Yeah. Come bring on. Bring, out. bring it out. We gotta bring. Uh, it out. Yeah, this is the first one. Okay. Let's talk. <laughs> I'm so not coordinated. I have brain fog from COVID. That's, this is talk. the first one. Um, it's a book of poetry. Um, circadian rhythm. They're both on Amazon. Um. Reflections of a Decade is the second one. Um, that is a decade of Facebook statuses, like the best, um, the funniest and the deepest ones that I plucked out. Um, and and uh, it's kind of like a book of quotes in succession, succession chronologically. 
so yeah, I, I dig them both. I'm working on a third about my dad's life as a notorious concert promoter. So that's a, that's a unique uh, journey in and of itself. I have a working rough draft, but <laughs> hey, hey, you, started. you started. So did you find that passion to write a book? Cause you talked about Goucher, you were a poet. Mm -hmm. Did you always have that passion? And did you just have, like, I know writers, some writers and authors who like, they write so much that they were like, let me just make a book of it. Let's do a book of it. Like, and you can put all your poems in one book. Like, did you do something like that? Like, cause I'm sure you've written so much and like, you know, like what, do you have that where it's going to be in one of your books possibly or something like that? Well, I mean, I started writing poems, I think at around like 10 or 11, okay. uh, they got like super prolific around my parents' divorce. Uh, um, it was a lot, a lot of depression and anxiety that went along with that. So it was a good outlet, uh, back then. And then, uh, yeah, it got super heavy in high school. That's okay. probably the, the largest part. And then college. Um, and it's kind of trickled off. I think those poems became Facebook statuses um in a way and now i think maybe the facebook statuses have become my own private chatter or conversations one-on-one -on -one with people or the the um occasional instagram posts where i really feel like i have something to say but i don't really feel like i have as much to prove or like i don't know get crowd crowdsourcing on something still but not much anymore and i don't have the energy to like be like this is my political belief about this every day or like this is how i feel about religion or this is how i feel you know what i mean because it's just like such a waste it takes energy away from me yeah i mean it's such a waste i mean god bless everyone else that has the energy to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth but yeah uh, i tell people every day i uh, I, have, I have a twitter account and i hate twitter but uh this guy carl who i know who's He's worked for the Player Tribune, and now he works for another agency. He has the best analogy. He's like, Twitter is like somebody in New York City yelling out their window. And yeah. Somebody There's great stuff on there, though. Like, but it's, I mean, you know what? I, I use Twitter for news, and that's it. Everything else, yeah. I have zero talent. I like some of the non-corny motivational quotes. Right. Like, like Biggs Burke. Yeah. You know, um, is incredible. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, other folks like every single day, it's like something to motivate you without being like the perseverance card, you know, it's just, it's just not as, um, you know, uh, appealing, you know, to me, I, I, I love the motivational stuff. Um, what else is great on there? Yeah. Some new stuff and analysis of new stuff from local personalities and international ones too. So I have to ask you this question because we you, we talked about the new age of social media and all that stuff. How do you feel about this whole analytics and algorithms? And oh like, Dame Dash said on that interview, just kill me. Algorithms, kill me. algorithms are controlling people very much. That's yeah. how the world work. That's the new way. Like, how do you feel about all that right now? Just to think about how you used to promote, how you used to get your name out there, and it was no algorithm that was controlling you. It was you controlling your situation getting the word yeah out. it's it's a hot mess back then um back then it was harder like you said to promote things because mm -hmm. you had to really gain in the street in the flesh momentum um but now it's harder 
too because there's so much noise and there's so many options and there's 50,000 like event invites on you know even just on Facebook come to this come to that come to this come to that come to this you know and it's like oh. <laughs> yeah i mean at least back then you had fewer options mm -hmm. um but as far as algorithms and like digital media stuff like honestly i <sighs> <laughs> I'm so over it. Um, <laughs> I understand digital media, you know, to an extent. Um, I, if I really tried, I probably could curate things, you know, like a lot of my influencer friends and such. I do get compensated to do different sponsored ads and such. I'm um, just because I have a decent following um, and engagement. So I'm an influencer to them in that way. But when it comes to, you know, the fashion centric ones and the this, that, like they have like their niche or niche and um, they they own it and they live it. And it's, it's hard work, you know, um, scouting locations and, and outfits and angles and lighting and, <laughs> and photography and um, uh, mixing and matching brands and it's not just that but there's products or services so I mean I think it's weak when people try to downplay content creators influencers tastemakers whatever by saying oh they're just taking selfies like no actually cool. um, it is like a full-time job um, to make photos captions um, to create a storyline uh, around whatever you're trying to get across. And especially if you have to do it on a consistent basis, like that's ongoing and it's not stop. And, and you have to edit a lot of these videos. Like a lot of these videos are like super uber edited and I'm kind of old school and I just would prefer get a clip of this, get a clip of that. And like, you know, um, but yes, I mean, there's a place for everything. Uh, I do think it, it goes really fast and the technology changes like, um, you know, faster than a lot of us would love. So, I mean, look, it's a, it's, it's a huge pro and a huge con, right. you know, you have to, um, I mean, in my, in my way, I take as much time off from it as I can. And I do ex ex exactly what I have to do <laughs> and you. then let it, let it sit. Okay. Let's go right back to your book real quick. What was the feedback from your friends and your fr friends and family? I saw you had like a book, uh, a book party a launch in 2019 yeah a different regard right that right right how, um how was that like what was the that was really fun yeah. it was really fun a really good group of folks came out friends and like colleagues and such and they came out and i signed the books and and they bought them mo was going around with the little Love it. you know like sign up or whatever it was Love it. um and my mom i know we're such a family type thing but yeah uh, it was, it was great. I mean, it was, it was super like rewarding and, and just a good feeling to have people that you care about, that you love, that love you come out and um, support something that you put your heart and your soul into. I prefaced it, you know, by saying this is a lot of confessional poetry. It's a lot of self-absorption. This is like a child going from childhood to now and really highlights again um, bipolar disorder depression um, anxiety divorce rejection um loss fear mm -hmm. um mistakes but also romance and um inspiration mm -hmm. and creativity so i mean it, it's multi-layered and the the second book 
um, the Facebook statuses, I really dig because I've always loved quotes. Like I've always loved like books of quotes because like each one is like a nugget and you're just like, ooh, but you and you only you only hear it for the first time once, obviously, you know, and that's the time it's like the clinch because it's like, whoa, you have that epiphany. Now, the next time you hear it, it'll still be cool, but it's not the first time. And like to have like a bunch of things, you know, one after the other, a bunch of these statuses be like the first time for someone else, maybe that didn't read um, them as they came out uh, through me and gather some kind of like laughter from it or, oh, wow, I really identify with that. Or, um, you know, uh, damn, that's like kind of like that's deep or thought provoking. That's great. I, I like to make people feel less weird and less alone by opening up my box of weirdness. <laughs> hey, it's, hey, it's not weird. It's just, that's who you are. Don't be, you know, it's not weird. It's not weird. Not, it's cool. It's cool. I'll tell no, you. I love weird. I, like I, love I mean, it's, it's good to own it. And what I, what I mean by that is not, you know, like bad. I just mean like not typical. You're unique, different. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, a lot of people are unique, but I mean, like <laughs> there's, there's the vast majority. It, it seems to be typical. Got you. Got you. So you, you said something about inspiring. What inspires you every day? What inspires you? Like what really gets you going? Oh goodness, um, Von Brooks. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. No, I don't know who he is. I'm, just, I'm waiting for you to, okay. to, to preach. Um, there are is it's more than him, but he's an example. Okay, there's people out there like I get down about some things, and I beat myself up for past mistakes or whatever mm -hmm. current mistakes. Um. And you, you know, you start feeling sorry for yourself and like, oh, this didn't go my way or like, you know, I deserved this or this, that and the other. And you can let it stop you from working out, from getting up, from going out, um, you know, because most of your closet doesn't fit like what happened to me after COVID. Um, but there are people out there that are like super tenacious and persistent about getting up and doing their best every day that have far less than you do per se you know whether it be financially or opportunity wise or and sometimes don't have all their limbs you know like and there's people out there like like working out religiously that that can barely walk you know and then i think to myself i'm like what's wrong with you like you know like get up i mean these are your these are your heroes in a way because it's like if if you have certain things that have been obstacles in your life and you can still go out there and do this, then the only thing that's stopping me from doing what I need to be doing is me. Your point. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. Wow. Wow. You got, you, you got, you got deep on me right there. I love it. I love it. I do like that. Cause I never, we do, we, we are fortunate other people are as fortunate and we're getting by. So I really it's all a comparison. Yeah. There's people more and there's people less and this, that, and the other, but what helps me definitely is a reigning end on gratitude and just being like, yeah, I mean, this may suck or this may have happened, but you know, look at this, look at this. And it's definitely just all about what you're zeroed in on. Nice. All right. So we're going to do a quick speed round because you drop jewels, gems, diamonds, <laughs> crush them. It's, it's Cause we're gonna we're gonna do a part two of this, folks. I'm oh, I'd love that. It's gonna be live. We're gonna find a venue. 
And I'll write the questions for me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not. I do it a lot because I just been a dope conversation. And where was that one? Where was that one? Um, we talked about about uh, what would you tell yourself? Oh, oh, you! I'll look at you. Listen to the episodes. Oh, that's that's yeah. The only like, what would you? What advice would you give? Or or what was the best advice you got? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. If you want, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one. Like I would say to shut up. That's like one of the best um, things that I should have listened to uh, in not all the time, but more um, because listening, you gain so much also to think before you take action. Like, and I don't mean for a second, I mean, really think through how every scenario can go um, before you make that call, before you burn that bridge, before et cetera, et cetera. Um, and secondly, don't take everything um, so personally into heart and care so much what people think, because like I've riddled in my mind a zillion times, like <laughs> something about how I look or what I said or what I did or what I didn't do or something um, where I felt misunderstood and it would just ruminate, you know, like and now, honestly, like I still have issues with that, but it's a lot better just as you get older again, like you shed. You shed right. stuff. You're right. And that's how I feel. I'm like, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, you're just like, okay. I can't get time. <laughs> I can't get time yeah. back. I can't get it back. Okay. So, speed round. My bad. Speed round. Ready? Brunch or dinner? Definitely dinner. Because sometimes I'm not up for brunch. <laughs> I get it. I get it. What's your favorite meal to go to? Your go-to meal right now? If you were like, I'm going, I want this meal right now, what would the meal be? Um, I'm trying to eat cleaner um, uh, just to get to a very fit place. Um, but but linguine and clam sauce, like I started to get obsessed with, especially for my Pierros out in Las Vegas. And um, I'm looking to have some of my birthday coming up. Nice, nice. Crab cakes or crabs? Crab cakes from Nick's. Fish okay. house. <laughs> no, they really are good though. They are. I'm, good. I'm, actually, I wouldn't tell you if they weren't good, but if I mentioned that they were good, they were good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm with they bring you to my hood and take you to Coco's. So we'll. Work. Oh, I'd love that. That'd be so fun. We have to take Mo too. Definitely, we got it. Come on, everybody, come on. And, and, and yours. Yes. We. Oh, anytime. We'll do it. Coke. Okay. Snowballs or ice cream. That's gonna be like Coke. <laughs> I, I know. Um. <laughs> wrong show right wrong show wrong. uh what are ice cream snowballs or ice cream ah uh, ice cream come on baltimore's a snowball city come on i mean yeah like but see <laughs> the thing is i'll order the snowball um this much and i'll say put the marshmallow this much all right i got you i got you. yeah all right so, so <laughs> I, know you're getting, I know you're eating clean flats or drums if you had chicken wings uh drums blue cheese or ranch ranch no, no blue cheese. I mean, from time to time, but I mean, there's something super comfort comforting about ranch. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What's the best advice you've ever received? Oh, it's the question I just answered before. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. You, yeah, you, you did. You did. Yeah. No. Um. Goodness. My dad's dropped so many gems on me. Okay. Um. Uh, stop it. Yes. is one of them. Uh, can't fall off the floor. Hmm. Um, 
goodness. Uh, yeses get yeses. <laughs> Noes get no's. Um, all kinds of all kinds of different things. Some of that is in that is in the third book. Um, but the best advice I've ever gotten. Oh, need to know. <laughs> uh, something that my dad told me when I was little that I didn't never listen to. Need to and he was like, they don't need to know all that. You're not lying if you don't like TMI everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I used to be like super open book and I'm so honest, but it's like, there's certain things I don't necessarily feel compelled to illustrate at, at all times. Um, unless I'm with someone like I trust, I used to trust everyone more. Um, back in the day. I mean, just because like, I felt like, so, you know, I'm, open about this like i feel strength in being vulnerable so what are they going to do but now um i definitely see how when you confide in in certain people how um they can bring it back later and um again that doesn't have to hurt because if you own up to who you are um that's okay if they bring it up later so what but sometimes used as ammunition it can things can get complicated and tricky so I definitely agree more with the need to know aspect of um, preserve some things for yourself. And it may not seem like I as a, um, actually do that with as much as I at least used to share on Facebook and as much as I share about my trials and upsides on IG. But I mean, there's a ton that I don't, you know, I may give it to God or I may talk to my parents about it or I may talk to close girlfriends or no one. Or mostly Mo. Mo has to deal with most of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, Mo is my dude, by the way. For those, oh, Mo's her Mo's her dude. Yeah. Shout, shout, shout out to Mo. Shout out to Mo. Hey, this has been an amazing episode. I'm telling you, folks, there's gonna be a part two. We're gonna be outside, like they say in Baltimore. We outside. Where <laughs> we're gonna? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna I'll be inside. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be chatting. We'll be to have a good conversation. I really think. A part two would be great for this because there's so much we could cover and there's so many things I still want to ask that I, I'm holding off for the part two. Oh, I, thank you so I, much, Aaron. You're really doing a service to Baltimore. Me coming coming from you, that means a lot. That really means a lot. And that and I know that's from the heart. And I, I that means a lot coming from you because where I've seen you've done and what you're still doing, you're doing it. You know, and I and I respect everything you do and I Appreciate what you do for Baltimore and everywhere around the world that you put your hands on and touch and make things look better and make people. Thank, thank you so much. Yeah, we have so much here. That record label I mentioned earlier, Epic Fam, mm-hmm. um, is is the one that Easy founded with the partner. And there's a whole host, kind of like my rock and soul. There's a whole host of young unsung uh, singer songwriters um, coming out of that label. So I mean, there's so much to come uh, from Baltimore and from all the figures in it and um we're moving on this way and then there's there's folks coming up that we need to highlight and not be competitive with but join with right plug your company plug your company where can we find your company where can we what can they slide into your dms you know you know how the kids do nowadays i don't know oh right slide into my dms (laughs) how can they reach out about my hall passes now yeah um how can they reach out to your your company yeah yeah hide and seek entertainment on uh the website has just been updated. Uh, needs a few more tweaks, but it's getting there. Uh, hnseek.com. That's H-N-S-E-E-K.com. And on IG uh, is where I communicate uh, the most, I guess. Um, and that's 
at H-E-I-D-N-S-E-E-K-S at Hide and Seeks. Are you on TikTok yet? Yeah, I'm on TikTok. Are you TikTok? I mean, I, I posted a few things, but I mean, it's just like <laughs> when you're an Xennial, it's kind of like not natural. <laughs> no, I mean. Well, listen, we can't wait. <laughs> We're excited for what you got coming up for Baltimore Beyond. We're excited to see what's going to happen in the future. Hopefully, I can hop on one of your shows and do a couple things because again, oh, you're welcome at anything, anytime. It'll be a blessing, you know. And and like what I would love to do eventually is have you, um, Zeke, Jason Bass, yes. have a conversation talking about the old times and how things were. And I think that'd be something really cool for the young kids, uh, young people out here. How about how? Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think there's so many facets to touch on. Um, you know, there's there's um, the politics of it there's the racial aspects of it mm -hmm. there's um just the different concepts that worked then that might not fly now and imagery and um with the me too movement and this that i mean i used to have flyers that were just really <laughs> extra <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah i mean yeah. they still get the flyers with you know the extra stuff on it but again you you're right things have changed since the 2000s yeah i mean you're more mindful now you don't have to like censor your spirit necessarily but you're more mindful of hey i can get the point across without offending this person right you know well folks thank you so much love thank you and we're out folks peace baltimore fiscal partners is a boutique cpa firm specializing in accounting and consulting services for nonprofits, small businesses, and with experience running nonprofits and small businesses, they know that there's not always enough time at the end of the day for you to focus on your finances. Whether it's monthly bookkeeping or an annual audit, tax preparation, or consulting, nonprofit or small business, Baltimore Fiscal Partners provides full range or tailored solutions that keep your goals and budget in mind. Learn more about Baltimore Fiscal Partners online at BaltimoreFiscal.com or follow them at Baltimore Fiscal on Facebook and Instagram.